Good morning. Let us stand. Begin our time in God's Word together. We'll read from Exodus 15 together. I'll start and then we can respond as one. Exodus 15 says, I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Now together. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. You have led them in your steadfast love, the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. Just as God led the Israelites through the Red Sea to their salvation and the destruction of their enemies, so Christ has led us through the Red Sea of our sin and separation with God. And through the blood of his cross, he has saved us. And by his resurrection, he has given us victory over our greatest enemies of death and sin. And that is worth singing about, amen. So let us rejoice and sing to the God who saves. Above all life, above the 
Our God is strong to save. He rescued Israel from slavery, and he rescues all those who put their faith in him from sin and death. You may be seated. Well, welcome, everyone. If you're a guest here today, we are thankful that you've come. You're probably going to have some questions at the conclusion of service, or maybe you're going to want to find some ways to get involved. Uh, well, we're going to have pastors up front that would love to talk to you, or you can email us at info at dscabq.com. We'd love to speak with you and have a relationship with you. Well, if you don't know, we are in the midst of Missions Emphasis Week. Every year, we want to set aside a week of the year to celebrate the way God is using our church to spread his glory across the globe. And as a response, yearly, we want to respond to all this good news and this celebration by doing something tangible. And this year, we've decided we're going to help translate Paul Tripp's New Morning Mercies into a local Arabic dialect. So we're looking to raise $10,000 for this project, and there are two ways we're raising the funds. One is through our barbecue, and another through a missions auction. Well, today we are selling uh, barbecue after both services. We are selling the barbecue, we're doing packs of uh, servings of four for $25, and you can also buy in other increments, but that's kind of uh, what we're mainly selling it through. We don't have a lot of seating, but we do have seating in the courtyard and the West Wing. So when you go to order, you're going to actually go to the West Wing to get the food. You can sit there or you can go to the courtyard. Now, you may be thinking, we went to first service. This ends at, you know, around 11, you're going to be eating, but at least it's not 100 degrees. So uh, I would encourage you to do that. Also, we are hosting our missions auction in the youth room. We have over 150 items for you to check out. Most of the bidding is going to happen online, so you can actually tell your friends about it. Just send them the link. They don't even have to come here. But I'd encourage you to go and check out the hard work uh, that our volunteers have put into setting it up, and, and so many of the donations are handmade, wonderful products. So please go check that out. Uh, if you've never used the QR code, each item is going to have a QR code. You're going to pull out your phone, push the camera button, and just hold it over the QR code, and it's going to pop up a link. You can click it, and you're there able to bid on the item on the website. It's pretty cool. Uh, so I'd encourage you to check that out after service. We're going to have that open until 6 o'clock on Wednesday. So you can do that after this service, or you can do it before our Lord's Supper service on Wednesday. So we're also having, as I said, our Wednesday Lord's Supper service, uh, but this is going to have a missions emphasis flair, so we're going to have the C family come and share stories from the field. You're going to want to hear that. They're, they're so passionate about their work. Uh, we love hearing them every, from them every two years. And then Matthew Ellison's going to be preaching for us. He's the president of 1615. Uh, you're going to be blessed by that. And last but not least, I'm excited to tell you that today we have a special guest preacher. Trent Hunter is back. Yeah. He was on staff at DSC for seven years. And since then, he has been at Heritage Bible in Greenville, South Carolina. And so uh, we, we're excited to have him. His church is reassessing their uh, missions vision. And so they've been taking part in Missions Emphasis Week. And now we get to be blessed by them and uh, hearing uh, Trent preach. So praise God for all the ways God is using us. Now please uh, join me as I pray for our service and God's continued work in our hearts. 
maker of heaven and earth, you rule over all the nations. And we look forward to the day when we will worship you around your throne, surrounded by people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And in that day, we will rejoice as we rejoice today at the power of your salvation. Lord, we pray that you would be strong to save this morning. Open the eyes of the blind to see you. Free those who are captive to sin. Most of all, receive the praise that is due your name. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand, rejoice, and clap together. Let's sing. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. Clap your hands, all ye people. He is a great king all the earth. God reigns. Our God reigns over. of the people gather
we sing, we clap because our God reigns. And we sing because he is coming again to reign forever and ever and make all things new.
Christ is coming again, say amen. Amen. You can be seated. Let's pray. God, you are strong to save. Through Christ's atoning work on the cross, you save your people from sin and hell. You not only save us spiritually, but you actively preserve the lives of your people to do the work you have for us. You are a good God who is strong to save. God, we need you to use your power to save in North Africa. Yesterday at our Saturday seminar, the seas laid before, before us the difficulties North Africans face just to be a little different, let alone the difficulties of following Jesus. God, we need you to do what is impossible with man. We need you to give new hearts. We need you to give these North African believers and unbelievers an example of what it looks like for a local believer to follow you and still be connected to the culture in Christ-like ways. God, you said the harvest is plentiful, and for that we trust and we fully believe, but this is hard work. This harvest is rocky we pray that you would empower our workers with all boldness and wisdom and gospel clarity to harvest the worshipers that are due your name. God, we also pray for our Guatemalan partners. Lord, we need you to save a new generation of Guatemalans. Having a Christian legacy isn't enough to save. Lord, you have to do the work. And Father, we pray that you would reform the Achi Church. Many pastors are not free to preach the whole counsel of your word. We pray for these pastors to have boldness, even to the point of being willing to be fired, so that they can say they were faithful to your calling and so that their people can know you. Lord, we also pray for the Navajo Nation. There is such a great cost of following you on the res, and as we look at the strategies needed to create healthy church, the work looks daunting. But nothing is impossible with you. We pray that you would show compassion on our Navajo neighbors and save them. We pray that you would strengthen their churches. Bless Pastor Tooley and Pastor Butler with good health and provide for them male leadership to come alongside them. And as they seek to raise up this new generation of believers, we pray that you would bless their work. God, we thank you for our gospel partners. We praise you for allowing us to share in the burdens of our missionaries. God, receive the glory that is due your name, for none of this comes from us. It's all from you. Lord, it is your glory. Receive it. Be glorified, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us stand together again. Let this be our prayer, that the nations would be glad that they would rejoice and they would know the salvation of our God. Let the glory of the Lord forever be our joy. May redemption be the theme of our song. For by grace we have been saved, by grace we shall proclaim to the corners of the earth that Christ is come. Let the nations be glad, let the people rejoice, for salvation belongs to our 
Well, good morning to you. Please open your Bibles with me to Psalm 67. Psalm 67. We'll pray in a moment for uh, the word, but a few comments just ahead. First of all, uh, greetings from Heritage Bible Church in Greer, South Carolina. Uh, This church is precious to me, and that church is precious to me, and it's a thrill to think that we'll all be in one place, and you'll know them, and they'll know you, and they'll know all that God has done here, and I'll learn about all that God has done here in the years that I've been away these last four years, and you'll know about what I know that he's been up to in South Carolina. It is not so much different, and the people are not so much different. They are sinners like you with a, with a troubled uh, church life just like you, and I don't even know what those troubles are. I just know I'm in pastoral ministry And God is so kind and so gracious to bless his people week in, week out with the word as he does here. So I greet you from the elders at Heritage and from my own family. 
So personal word, I've got two more kids for those of you who knew me when I was here than I did. Um, one of those children I have been eager to speak with you in person concerning. Her name is Nora. We brought her home from Atlanta, Georgia in May 2019. And that was the culmination of an investment and a partnership with you as so many of you in this church through the ABBA Fund invented, invested in a grant that was offered to our family to help adopt a little baby girl named Nora Grace. So from my family to yours, uh, thank you. We're going to read Psalm 67 now. It's so good to see you face to face now and let's consider the face of God. To the choir master with stringed instruments, a psalm, a song. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on the earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you. O God, let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy for you judge the peoples with equity and you guide the nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you. O God, let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. Our God, God, our God shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Well, you've been a great encouragement to me these last few days as I've been with you here at the start of your Missions Emphasis Week, encouraged by your hospitality and by the faithful, voluminous activity in the work of global missions. So encouraging. And it's my opportunity now to encourage you with this word for a church that is busy in the work of global missions. This text here is a song. And as a preacher, it always feels, if I could put it this way, a bit abusive to the text to overanalyze a song. Because it's a song. And it's, it's meant to worm its way into your head and to your heart as a song. We'll even sing it later. But there's a place for what we're about to do. There's a place for taking a hymn in your own home and studying it, meditating on the lyrics of the poetry in the hymn. So that you might sing it afresh with a clearer sense of what is being said. And so this morning we want to meditate on this psalm together in the course of this next hour or so, that we might be more faithful to our Lord, that we might praise him more richly, and so that his name might go out to the ends of the earth. And it's helpful to slow down and meditate on a song like this if for any reason that we don't miss what's sitting right here. I mean, I read this song, and I think, what am I going to say to the people? The psalmist repeats himself several times. Um, what will I say? The preacher always has to figure out how to fill an hour, and that's never a problem at the end of the week. But you read this and you think, well, what's it about? Well, the psalmist is saying, hey, everybody, praise God. Or maybe uh, from South Carolina, y'all praise God. And uh, that's true. It's calling everybody to praise God. But there is so much more going on here that we will mine as we meditate on this together. This sermon, I pray, will power 
some of your biggest visions for the ends of the earth and energize you and equip you and strengthen you for the hardest decisions you will have to make and call others to make as you call them to follow Jesus, certainly here, but certainly abroad. That this sermon from this text, so that we might sing it afresh, would strengthen you and empower you for your difficult, global mission. Three movements in the song, three meditations. Three meditations, I pray, to fill the imagination of this imaginative and creative church in order that you might more faithfully pursue God's praise to the ends of the earth. We'll consider where the mission to see God's praise begins, where it goes, and how to make sure it gets there. Where it begins, verses one through three. The first meditation is a meditation on God's beaming smile. It's a prayer at the start. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. A prayer. Oh, the last year and the opportunity to meditate long on the gift of the face. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I never thought so much about face muscles and how much I liked them and missed them at times. Apparently, we've got some 43 muscles in our faces. They say it takes about 10 to smile. Smiles are so important. The human face. How creative is God? How, how intricate his handiwork to give us this gift that we might communicate our inner emotions and feelings and thoughts, the most subtle nuances of our moment internally in talking with somebody, can read a face from afar or near, and a little baby gets born and they know right where to look. It's magical. They know where to look in your eyes. God has wired us with this gift of the face, and we should thank God for it. It's a gift to help us to express ourselves to one another. And it's a gift to help us understand one another. Some people are more hard to read than others. My daughter, Nora, we say she has a resting poker face. Um, she just stares at you. <laughs> and I've figured her buttons out so I can make her laugh and giggle. Uh, but she offends everybody else. Uh, she's a two-year-old, and people are insecure around her because of her resting poker face. So my son, is, my son is easier to read. He has a resting smiley face. And actually, I don't know if that makes him easier to read because you're wondering if he's really that happy or if it's just a resting smiley face. Well, I sure know when Nora is happy. Faces can be confusing, but they're intended to reveal. And God has given us these muscles so that we might express ourselves through our face and so that we might... We might know one another better and read one another and understand one another and, of course, to weep and rejoice with one another. The face is all a part of that. And I'm just expanding and ruminating on the obvious for you. But it's interesting here that the psalmist prays that God would make his face to shine upon us. 
to shine. His face represents his presence among us. Even his covenantal, committed, loving presence with us. Oh, he is a personal God. He is not one who made the world and walked away to forget about us or made the world and is on a chair in the corner watching things unravel or something. He is, he's up close with his people. And he's given us this imagery of a face and this language of a face and even this prayer and this song to sing concerning, concerning his face that it might shine upon us. I'm going to root around just a little bit in Psalm 13. You don't need to turn there with me, but you know, consider the, the prayer of the psalmist on a, on a dark moment of David. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? So he feels like God is not with him. His face is hidden from him. Psalm 119, 35. There's a dozen or two dozen of these kinds of little verses in the Psalms even. Redeem me from man's oppression that I may keep your precepts and make your face shine upon your servant and teach me, teach me your statutes. His face represents his presence among us. This is a prayer for God to be with his people. His face represents his blessing over us. May God be gracious to us and may he, may he bless us. And that's an audacious thing to ask. We're cursed. We're under the curse after Genesis 3. Oh, we were blessed when we walked with the Lord in the garden. But we did not trust him. And so we are not with him in the garden as this psalm is prayed. But there's a, an optimism that God will bless his people, a prayer even that he would. And yes, God is about blessing his people. He's a personal God who made the world for his glory and each of us to know him. And even though we have and Adam sinned against him and we are under a curse and justly condemned, nevertheless, he's made a promise to save and one way to think about salvation is a reversal of the curse of sin on this world so that we would be blessed. Oh, let us redeem that word. It's rich. In Numbers chapter 6, 24, there's this famous prayer. Famous blessing, excuse me. The ironic blessing. And this is uh, said over the people. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to Aaron and the sons saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. God wants Moses to have Aaron bless his people. And this is what God wants his people to hear said, you shall say to them, the Lord bless you, and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. So this prayer here in Psalm 67 doesn't come out of nowhere. It's on the basis of something God wanted to make sure we heard. 
So God, be gracious to us and bless us and make your face to shine upon us. You know, a father's smile in the morning is important for his kids. I can curse my whole family by being a grump in the morning. I'll get a text from Christy, you ruined the day. <laughs> like, oh, shoot. And, uh, well, my day was already ruined for me. And uh, it's important to have command of yourself and fathers to have command of yourself for the sake of your children and your family. It's important to be smiley. The Lord brought the sun up. And there's reason to rejoice in the morning. You may need to get up earlier. You may need to figure something out. You may need to get more sleep. That's all a part of it. But Get yourself in the Bible and find yourself happy in the Lord and bless your family with a smile in the morning, even if they don't smile back. Don't be the one who ruins their day. I, um, I've lived in a couple of places, California, for a number of years and uh, sort of a rural city in um, St. Louis for a number of years. And I made this connection in high school. Everyone complains about where they live. So over here in California, they complain, but Monterey and the Redwoods were nearby and that was really beautiful. Uh, there's nothing to do in town. And then I'm over here in St. Louis, and it's way worse, you know, in terms of accommodations and nature. They're all complaining about their hometown, and everyone is trying to get everywhere else. And I noticed when I moved to New Mexico that there just wasn't as much complaining about our town. And I remember a businessman in our own church here saying, we can't, we can't pay him very much when we try to hire him, but we pay him with the sun. And we sure talk about the weather, and we're proud of our weather, and he's right. You pay him with the sun, yeah, so much good comes, comes from the sun. The shining face of God is the source of all spiritual life. Any spiritual good that comes to anyone comes from the one true and living God as he's revealed himself in the Bible. And this God on whom we call to shine his face on us. And any, other, any other shining face from any other God is, is, uh, is mere darkness. You know, no complaint here. And Albuquerque about the weather. The Lord's face is his presence with us. It's his blessing over us. It's his grace toward us. Oh, there's no asking God to shine his face on us without speaking first concerning our need. May God be gracious to us and bless us. That's the right way to talk to God. Cry out to him to bless you and to bless you in Jesus. And thank him for every spiritual blessing that is already yours in Christ and thank him for his glorious grace. And pray that his glorious grace would be praised in your life. And the psalmist begins, may God be gracious to us and bless us that your way may be known on the earth. There is no salvation for any man or woman on planet earth apart from the grace of God who has initiated the whole thing who came to Abram and gave him a name and gave him a promise. I will bless you and through you many nations multiply your offspring. And he puts him to sleep. And he walks through the pieces, if you remember the covenant ceremony. God has promised by grace to keep his promise to bless Abraham and his children and here we are today, saved by grace through faith. And there is no other hope for any person anywhere in the world, no matter how sincere, no matter how devout, to any other God or book. And this is why we go. And the Lord's face may shine. 
on us and through us. It's a bit on the prayer, but very quickly we move to the purpose of that prayer. And this is the logic. This is, the log- this is God's logistics for the mission. There's all kinds of stuff we're doing, buying flights and houses and figuring out where the couch goes in the house and where the refrigerator is supposed to go if you here yesterday and how to cut tomatoes in a new culture. And a lot of that is left to us to work out. But at a big picture, God's logistics are shine his face on his people that his way may be known in the earth and his saving power among the nations. See verse two? Why, why the prayer for this? You can pray for all kinds of things. This psalm, though, it's like clears everything off the table. Everything is out of the way. All that matters is God, his face on us, and a very particular purpose in this prayer. The psalmist moves right on from us to that your way may be known all the way to the ends of the earth. And you're saving power among all nations. Abraham was blessed. His, his line was to be blessed in order that all the families of the earth might be, might be blessed. Israel was, we could say, the people of God in the Old Testament. It might be more accurate to say they were the pupil of God. And by that I mean... It was always intended that through Israel, God's salvation would come to the ends of the earth. Israel began at her worst and often at her worst. And it's just instructive to us concerning human sin and our need for more and more grace. uh, To turn inward. uh, To not look outward. This is a beautiful prayer, but this was not the prayer of her heart on, on most of her days. I was up in Los Alamos on Thursday. I came out to visit you with a colleague and uh, my new friend and partner in ministry, a pastor on staff at our church, our executive pastor, heading up global missions with our elders. Uh, and I are getting some time learning from you all and we decided to take a day in Los Alamos. And I took a picture of this letter sent to the director of a, the Los Alamos Ranch School in New Mexico before Los Alamos was Los Alamos. And it read this way. Dear sir, you are advised that it has been determined necessary to the interests of the United States in the prosecution of the war that the property of the Los Alamos Ranch School be acquired for military purposes. Therefore, pursuant to existing law, a condemnation proceeding will be instituted in the United States District Court for the District of New Mexico to acquire all of the school's lands and buildings together with all personal property owned by the school and used in connection with its operation. Although the acquisition of this property is of the utmost importance in the prosecution of the war, it has been determined that it will not be necessary for you to surrender complete possession of the premises until February 8, 1943. It is felt that this procedure will enable you to complete the first term of your regular school year without interruption. You are further advised that all records pertaining to the aforesaid condemnation proceeding will be sealed by order of the court, and public inspection of such records will be prohibited. Accordingly, it is requested that you refrain from making uh, the reasons for the closing of the school known to public at large. <laughs> and so, uh, so they took it over. And they couldn't tell anyone why we're shutting the school down. And uh, now we have Los Alamos. And we can be thankful for human government and a thousand things there. But that's a pretty chilly letter, isn't it? And uh, he wasn't an elder at his church, I don't think. There's no pastoring going on here. 
It is felt that this procedure will enable you to complete your first term. It's an eviction letter. And so we're taking the earth and everything in it from you. Over here, letter, on the other side of the mountain. As I read that, I, I kind of thought, that does have the ring of the spirit of Israel to the rest of the Gentile world. One day God will take it all over, you can get out. No, this, this song here, this isn't an eviction letter, this is a song of invitation. And this is the spirit of God on the lips of the people of God at their best. That your way may be known on the earth and your saving power among all nations. And so Israel, God's pupil, would come to the front of the classroom and do a math problem and get it wrong and be embarrassed over and again. Israel was to be an example of what it looks like to get it right. God has given her his law and his word and his love and his promises and, and deliverance. Oh, but in sin and apart from the spirit of God whom Jesus sends, and we will not love God and we'll forsake him for other, other gods. The purpose of this prayer that God's face would shine upon his people moves very quickly to the ends of the earth and that's absolutely appropriate. For the people of God are a living invitation to God's whole world to come to him to give him the praise that is his due. No eviction letters on our faces or on our lips. Now, what does this mean for, for our church here concerning our global missions? Well, friends, if God's face does not shine on local churches, his praise does not reach the ends of the earth. This is his plan. And so give yourselves to healthy, happy, joyful commitment to one another. Those whom you've sent out will tell you the most comforting thing to them, the most confidence-instilling thing in them, to them, concerning their home church. Yes, is the church's giving, but only insofar as it reflects the church's health, to hang with it and to pray. And when Desert Springs Church is happy and healthy and praying and rejoicing in the Lord and seeking his praise, oh, his way will be known among the, among the nations and to the ends of the earth. So job number one in protecting this church's global mission strategy is to seek the face of God and his, his sunny smile on you. And may it radiate. And you can pray for this church on your own. I've caught the, the prayer booklet that you publish. It's beautiful. Your faces are beautiful. They're low resolution. They're beautiful. <laughs> so pray. There's instructions for how to pray there and. And you can add one. There's some on global missions. You can pray this psalm for this church. That this church would be lit with the glory and praise of God. Bursting. Bursting with praise to God. So that the whole earth might know God's ways. And you can pray for a church in a far off place among the Achi. You can pray for the church in North Africa. As few believers meet here and there. That God's face would shine on them. Because as it does, his way will be known throughout the earth. Well, that's a meditation on the first movement of the psalm on God's beaming smile. And I pray his smile beams on you. Second meditation. God's singing sovereignty. His singing sovereignty, verses four through five. Those two words don't go together so often. We think of sovereignty as a chilly doctrine. Control, power, direction, 
What about singing sovereignty? Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Why? For you judge the peoples with equity and you guide the nations upon the earth. This is a bold prayer. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. It's just hard to imagine, isn't it? And why is it hard to imagine all the nations singing for joy? Not singing different songs for joy, singing together for joy and happy. All the nations happy. Happiness is hard to come by. Joy, singing together is hard to come by, but, but, but in the church of the Lord Jesus. Why is it hard to imagine? Well, it's, it's hard to imagine because in this world, in this age, because every man is a sinner, God's ways are not known. Right? The prayer is that your way may be known on the earth, but in our age, in our day, in our world, God's ways are not known on the earth. You're not going to hear of his ways except sitting under the word of God. Well, the earth doesn't know the way of a, a boy from a girl. It doesn't know the way of marriage. It doesn't know the way of truth and a lie. It, it doesn't know the way. It doesn't know God's way. It's upside down. And we feel powerless to change it. And the whole world is jerry-rigged. Isn't it? And we do our best. Sometimes we do our worst. Jerry-rigged, a definition Organized or constructed in a crude and precarious manner. That's the world. That's every human government. It's every experiment in human government. Some experiments in human government are smarter than others. <laughs> Some match human nature and account for human nature better than others. But it's all jerry-rigged. It's a thousand checks, a thousand balances. Just to hold ourselves together. To keep us from blowing apart. Now we feel powerless to fix ourselves. And we are apart from the grace of God. The world is, an, is a jerry-rigged armed camp. What's New Mexico known for? Making weapons. As deterrence, thank God. But making weapons. Now you won't need weapons in the new creation. Isaiah 5.20 is worth hearing together. And it describes the, the world and its ways apart from the ways of God. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Do you see? Do you see that in our textbooks and on the news we have, we have backward situation after backward situation? And we're the only ones who truly know it because we have a word from God. It can be intuited through general revelation, but man on his own will suppress it. So this is hard to imagine. This all the nations glad and singing for joy. It's a nice thought. It's hard to imagine. So how do we expect this to happen? Well, it is for that next line. You judge the peoples with equity and you guide the nations upon the earth. Oh, well, one day some will bow in submission before their own condemnation and others will, will bow before that day and rejoicing in submission to God and men and women from every tribe and language and nation and the hard places that we're trying to get will bow before the Lord and sing for joy and, and be glad in him because of his sovereignty, his sovereign governance of the world and all things as a righteous judge and his sovereignty to guide the nations on the earth. As we wake up to his sovereignty and his 
his greatness and his majesty and his righteousness as a righteous judge, we give him praise for it. We have to, in the course of our global mission, call people to incredibly dangerous things, to leave off all and follow Jesus. And some of you are up against some very hard decisions and great loss of family, of vocation, on account of the call of discipleship. And then we've got to call others to this. Don't feel bad about it for a minute. The world has not figured out, <laughs> the world has not figured out how to find gladness and, and joyful singing. But our God is a righteous judge. And in the same way that when my house is in good order and when my heart is in good order as a dad, my kids sing. They sing to themselves as they play Legos. They sing to themselves as they play basketball in the cul-de-sac. And so what this world needs, we have to offer. We offer it without reservation. We offer it without flinching. We recognize the costs involved. But even as we call people to lose their life, they are saving it and gaining it in Christ. Yes, yes, God's order and life under God's rule yields singing and gladness and joy under his, his rule. And it should be apparent on our faces and in our, our songs. The very structure of this psalm reinforces this very important point. We're taking it in three stanzas, but the psalm is actually structured like a triangle. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine us at the top. At the bottom, verse seven, God shall bless us, all the ends of the earth fear him. Verse three, let the peoples praise you, O God, all the peoples praise you. Then verse five, we're moving in on the triangle. Let the peoples praise you, O God, all the peoples praise you. And then right in the middle, and in the shape of this poem, it's like a thesis statement. It's the sharpest point. Our attention is right here. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and you guide the nations upon the earth. Our God is a righteous judge and he is sovereign and as he rules and as we submit to his rule, we sing. We couldn't be happier than under his will and his reign. And we offer an invitation into the light of his shining face and into the joy of his kingdom. That's what you're doing in going and sending for the sake of the name. You're calling people to give up everything in order to come into the light of the Lord's shining face and to rejoice and to sing under his rule. It's beautiful. So what does this mean for our global mission as a church? Well, we have on offer the happiest place on earth. And one of the most important things you can do, Desert Springs Church, for the endurance and the strength and the vitality and the potency of your gospel work at the ends of the earth is to be happy under the righteous rule of God, which means walking in daily repentance and forgiveness and obedience to King Jesus. The most important work that you do for the North Africans that you're praying for is to love your wives as Christ loved the church husbands. It's to submit to your husbands as the church does to Christ wives. 
is to forgive one another and confess your sins, kids and everybody else. It's to go to work and to be faithful to your boss. It's to seek the shining face of God in all of those moments. It's to prize and treasure him above all else. It is to live under his rule with a smile. And if you can keep that up, the funding will take care of itself. So stay at it. You're good at this. Well, that's a second meditation for us today. God's beaming face, his singing sovereignty, and now a final meditation on plants. That's all I got for you, plants. Because that's what the psalmist does for you here. The earth has yielded its increase. God our God shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. How will we endure to the end in this difficult work? The farther we get into this, the harder we realize it is. Our own church is committing to some things that seem really big and we're saying that's just what we do. The church commits to some things that are really big because we have a big God. Well, the last time Psalm 67 was preached in this church, to my knowledge, is 2012. Would you know that in that year, right up here, and I've got pictures of it, the elders laid hands on the C family and sent them to Redemption Church in Rio Rancho in preparation to send them to North Africa. And the elders laid hands on the G family. We all cried together right here. We sent them to Paris to learn one language. And they moved to North Africa to learn another. That was nine years ago, going on a decade. It's 2021, and we need the psalm just the same. But even since then, we've been, we've been busy with all manner of activities, and we've been up against some great difficulties, and we kind of know what we're facing, humanly speaking now, a little more. And it looks even more difficult from certain vantage points than it did before. So how will we endure Well, a suggestion for you as you meditate on this psalm is to not miss the first line in verse 6 and to think about plants. Chase has a number of plants on his windowsill. I think it's a great idea. I need a plant in my office. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. What is it about plants? Well, plants are everywhere. This idea of the earth yielding its increase is a picture of of the fullness of the earth. And just think about how the earth is bursting with food. Somehow everyone on the planet basically is fed. We come up with machines to drive across the ground and ways to science the ground to get even more food out of it, and it keeps coming. We fill combines and grocery stores and Chick-fil-A's with chickens. I always think, that's so many chickens. Where are they all at? Well, they're somewhere. And that's not plants. I remember Drew Hodge uh, saying something of a salad. That's what my food eats. And it's about right. So even if you're eating meat, you're eating, you know, plants or the food of your meat. <laughs> the earth is bursting with food. The earth is bursting with increase. Everywhere you turn your head and you see a plant, God set up the whole operation. A seed was dropped and a plant came up. There's another tree. There's another plant. There's another bush. You can't stop it. Try to stop it. You can't stop it. Everywhere we look, we have increase. And that's God who has done it. 
I ate a strawberry at Flying Star the other day, and I looked at it. It was covered in seeds, and I thought, how many times has this thing been copy and pasted? Just copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. And we got this beautiful piece of fruit. It's, it... no, plants are a sign of life, and they, they give life. I can put grapes in my son's mouth. That's all he eats, grapes, grapes, grapes. Grapes and milk. And he keeps growing, and I'm going to keep putting stuff in his mouth, and he's going to keep growing. And my others are 13 years old now, and they keep growing. and keep putting stuff in their mouth. God put the whole earth together this way. We've got rain. We've got stuff coming up from the ground. We're pulling it off the ground. We're shipping it around the world. We're putting it in our mouth. We're growing. We're growing kids. The earth has yielded its increase. Look, okay, so you're having a hard time believing this because this is a really audacious prayer, and this is a really audacious claim. Look at the whole earth with its increase. Look at the plants. They're unstoppable. Plants. And an earth filled with plants is an indication to you and me of God's determination, utter determination to bless his people. Neglect a city and plants will take everything over. They'll bust cement. They'll take over houses. All this stuff we build, a matter of time, and all you've got are plants. It's amazing. They're unstoppable. And this is a theme that we see in different places. Like Isaiah 55, I'll read just a verse or two here. Sorry, I usually mark my Bible up so I can get places quicker. It's time for you to think. 55 verse 10. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish what I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Next time it rains and the earth sprouts, think of the word of God growing. John chapter 4, on the lips of Jesus. Excuse me, John chapter 12. Among those who went up to worship, verse 20, at the feast were some Greeks. And so these came to Philip, who were from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. And Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. And of course, we have those words concerning the harvest, don't we? Yes, as you look at plants, friends, think of just how determined God is to bless his people. How determined he is to keep his promises. Here in verse 6, God, our God shall bless us. God shall bless us. He says God three times. And he's taken the the prayer at the top of the psalm, and at the end he's basically saying it's done. He'll do it. He prays for it at the beginning, and he says he'll do it at the end. God three times. 
All the ends of the earth shall fear him. This is optimism. And it's optimism in part because he has meditated on the earth and what the earth yields and he has looked at plants. So maybe you put a plant in your office and pay Psalm 67 to it. And every time you think about how plants keep coming, remember that God will keep his promise to the end of the earth. And we will see men and women saved and praising him from their heart from among every nation. Spurgeon said this, that God shall bless us is our single confidence. He may smite us, he may strip us, he may slay us, but he must bless us. He cannot turn away from doing good to his elect. As we bring this in for a landing, this psalm is a song, it's a prayer, and as we've said, it's an invitation It's an invitation. It's prayed to God, but there's something peculiar about this psalm. And even as I studied it, I thought, it's a little strange he's using Elohim or God, 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 God. For so often it's Lord, 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 Lord. And even in the Aaronic blessing and in Numbers, it was Lord, Lord, Lord. And here the psalmist is saying God, 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 a more generic name for him. I certainly don't think it means that he's forgotten God's name or Or there's some personal reason why he doesn't consider God to be covenantally committed to him or his promises. It's interesting that this whole section, book two in the Psalter, the second section of material, the Psalms, is largely marked by desperation and darkness and sadness on David's part. But you have this gleaming, shining burst in the middle of several psalms that speak of the nations praising God and it moves from Lord to Elohim, God. And the best suggestion that I've come across for this is that this functions as something like a gospel tract. This is to be understood by the nations. So here's an application for you. Sing as to be heard to the ends of the earth. Every local church from here to the ends of the earth, is a little beacon, a little speaker, singing God's praises and playing his gospel to the community. We have walls and that's fine. But sing as to be heard forever in every direction. May God be gracious to and bless us. Make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on the earth. At the end of Luke's gospel, we have, at the end of 24, an important moment before Jesus' ascension. And I have to imagine that Jesus, who himself is our great high priest, and who had laid his own life down as a priest to take away all of our sins, offers a blessing to his people, which is itself the fulfillment of God's commitment and the ironic blessing and this prayer in our psalm. And it's a great way to end. And then he led them out as far as Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up to heaven. And what did they do? And they worshiped him 
and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple blessing God. And you know they sang. And you know you could hear them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you haven't given us an eviction letter in the Bible. Oh, you'll evict us apart from turning to you and receiving your gospel by faith. But we thank you that in the cross of the Lord Jesus, where our, our high priest laid down his own life so that we might not suffer under the penalty of our own sin, where he was condemned and he was cursed so that we might be blessed. In the Lord Jesus, who was then raised from the dead, we have no eviction letter, but we have a and a welcome, open invitation to come to him and to join him and all the saints in praise to you. And Father, we pray that you would bless this local church and make your face to shine on this local church and for this local church to know all the spiritual blessings that are hers in Jesus and to know the shining face of Jesus that is upon her, even as Jesus is powerfully present with us as we gather this morning. And we pray that as we give praise to you that you would push us out to the farthest places of the earth. And that as we sing at home in here, in this room, in joy over your shining face and under your righteous rule, that we would see the mission of this church spread to all the earth. And Father, as we ask some to sell all and, and follow Jesus, and we ask men and women to do hard things, that you would make the hardest things on this earth seem as nothing because of what we get in, in Christ. And so I pray on account of this beautiful psalm that we have read and now which we will sing, that, your, that the rays from your face which are on us this morning would reach to every crack and corner and crevice of this poor earth that needs you so desperately. We thank you for your grace that you've come to us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and respond. God, be gracious and bless us. Make your face shine upon us so all the earth may know your way, your saving power to the Let the peoples praise you, oh God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the peoples praise you, oh God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations 
bless us. Sing it out. God, our God, shall bless us. Let all the earth fear His name. We work to see Your harvest. Let every nation come and praise. said amen that is our hope that voices from every tribe tongue and nation would join the mighty chorus singing the praise of God so if you're not part of that chorus if you don't know that you are one of God's people we would love to talk to you today we'll have pastors down front after the service they're there for you and Christians let us go from this place being a part of this mission so I leave you I send you out as we go with the familiar words of Jesus let this Rattle in your heads today as you leave. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Go in peace. <laughs>